Northwest Eye Surgeons and Site Partners, I am Dr. Brett Bentz, and you're listening to The Focal Point, where we invite doctors and surgeons from the fields of ophthalmology and optometry to discuss the latest trends in medical eye care. Recently, when we see PCR testing, we immediately think of very accurate screening for the coronavirus that causes COVID-19. However, in the fields of optometry and ophthalmology, it also has had excellent application for diagnosing and treating anterior segment ocular infectious disease. We are very happy today to have Dr. Richard Martin join us for a discussion on the amazing clinical utility and accuracy of PCR testing. So, Dr. Martin, thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, how are you doing, Dr. Benz? So what I want to say, Dr. Martin is an optometric physician that I have had the pleasure to work with at our Smoky Point Northwest Eye Surgeon's Office in Arlington, Washington. He also practices at our largest office at Northgate in Seattle. He works directly with Dr. Michael Bannett, fellowship-trained cornea and glaucoma surgeon, as well as colleague Dr. Stacy Keppel. So PCR testing, perhaps Dr. Martin, you can give us a case example to start, and then your kind of overall view of the benefits of PCR testing and why we all should be familiar with its use. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you for the the kind introduction. And um, yeah, let's let's jump right into a case. Um, this was a patient that was referred to our practice from a local doctor. She was a 69-year-old female contact lens wearer. Um, and she was referred for a, a new central corneal ulcer. Um, and this is a pretty common thing. I think most of us in practice have seen something like this. Um, some general statistics for contact lens wear specifically. Um, there are studies that estimate uh, one in 2,500 daily lens wearers were, will experience an ulcer and one in 500 extended lens wearers. So that's, that's pretty frequent. Um, so this is a pretty common thing. Um, the patient was started on moxifloxacin by the previous doctor, um, and she was taking that every hour while awake and every two hours while asleep. Um, upon presentation to the clinic, she had a 5.5 millimeter circular central corneal ulcer um, with purulent discharge. Uh, mild stromal thinning was present on the sit lab. Um, the chamber was deep. Um, a half millimeter hypopion was recorded. Um, so this is a, you know, it's an ulcer that starts to make anybody sweat I and mean, central corneal ulcer. We've got stromal thinning. So the hypopion, there's a lot of factors that kind of go into this that say, you know, that should raise some red flags to take a step back and say, Oh, I really need to maybe, uh, take a step further and figure out what's going on with this patient. Um, a corneal swab was taken on exam, um, from the ulcer for PCR testing, uh, which was set for, um, immediate pickup. Um, and this is really cool. Uh, the, our sample was taken, um, and then within two days, we had a uh, result back. So it was as quick as 48 hours. Some people can get results back in 24 hours. Um, and results uh, were tested positive for Pseudomonas aeruginosa, um, which that's really important because we know that Pseudomonas uh, can perforate a uh, intact cornea in less than 48 hours. So it's really important that we, we saw the patient. Um, 
on the first visit, when we first saw her, um, she was started on uh, fortified tobramycin and bancomycin. Um, after we got the results back from the PCR testing, we actually ended up stopping the vancomycin because we know that vancomycin um, is not as effective on gram-negative bacteria. Um, it's more for gram-positive bacteria. And so we continued the tobamycin, we continued, um, we actually started moxifloxacin back for kind of general coverage, um, and the patient was followed up. So this was a really cool case to kind of see how a PCR testing can uh, influence our, our treatment because maybe that was an antibiotic the patient didn't really need to be on if it wasn't effective against the, um, the, the organism in question. So, you know, what comes to mind is the, with the very quick turnaround, you were able to make a diagnostic decision change knowing Pseudomonas was the infecting organism and then switch to, you know, the use of the fortified tobramycin moxifloxacin. That was an excellent use of PCR. You're exactly right. I mean, this is a situation where, um, you know, sooner testing, I think, is going to lead to much better uh, outcomes for the patient because, because we can really tailor the treatment. Um, I think that happens in a lot of specifically corneal infections. We kind of throw the whole kitchen sink at the patient, which when you have a fragile cornea, sometimes putting more medication is actually doing some harm. Um, you, you kind of oversaturate the cornea with all of these things. And if we can really tailor our treatment to exactly what we need, um, I think that it can lead to better outcomes for patients it's a little easier on the cornea to handle. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a really, really cool way to uh, kind of modify your practice. Agree. Just a brief comment that PCR testing can also be a beneficial diagnostic tool for chronic conjunctivitis as well. I recall a case of posterior blepharoconjunctivitis where PCR testing of the meibomian gland discharge identified a pseudomonas infection. It did necessitate a switch in treatment from gram-positive to gram-negative. So in that instance, PCR testing was spot on. Um, the good news is, um, in my experience, we had really good uh, coverage for, these, for this test. Um, I know it's covered by Medicare and Medicaid. Um, so and those are two of our biggest, you know, uh, most patients are uh, in that population are covered with that. Um, so many insurances are covered. Um, and I know that... Um, in certain cases, cash pay can vary depending on uh, uh, the situation for the patient. But I've I've heard of it uh, as low as um, one hundred twenty five dollars, which is which is a great outcome for patients. So, Dr. Martin, most doctors do not have auger plates or other media for cultures, so it kind of lends itself towards PCR being a very valuable tool for uh, a doctor of optometry in private practice. Uh, you're you're exactly right. I mean, this this is a really um, it's it's a convenient tool for doctors. I would say because um, you're really only you're you only have to have this one thing versus um, having to to hold you know multiple different types of augers that you have to store in the refrigerator, uh, things like that. Um, so this makes it pretty convenient. Another really powerful use of this tool, um, kind of two points. One, um, you really don't need much um, when you do the swab. Um, a lot of more traditional 
uh, plates and things like that, you need to have adequate swab and you need to give it time for it to grow. With this, you can have very, very little DNA and using PCR, we amplify that DNA. And so you're, you're a lot more likely to detect um, pathogenic organisms. Um, and the other really nice thing is the just the spread that you can really cover. So um, a lot of these PCR tests are looking for viral infection. So that includes things like herpes simplex, cytomegalovirus, um, you know, a wide range, wide uh, variety of bacteria, and even fungal infections. Um, they're all included in um, these PCR tests. So it's a really, like you said, convenient tool for doctors to have. So, Dr. Barton, this has been an excellent overview. Thank you very much for providing your experience working with PCR testing. Do you have any final comments for the podcast audience before we close up? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, in uh, when it comes to coin ulcers, it's important to remember to just stay calm and know that you know what you're doing. Um, but also, I wouldn't be afraid to, uh, don't be afraid to refer it out or talk to your, your local cornea specialist. Um, I think it's always good to know somebody who handles these things regularly so that um, you have someone to go to if you have questions. Um, when in doubt for culturing ulcers, I like to kind of go by what I call the three, two, one rule. And I'm sure other people have heard of this, um, but that's using, um, any ulcer that's three millimeters or greater in diameter. Um, two, if there's two or more ulcers and one, if the ulcer is within one millimeter of visual access, um, you should definitely plan on culturing the ulcer. Um, and then I, I just think it's safe, you know, when in doubt, um, it's probably better to go ahead and culture that way, you know, what organisms you're, you're kind of dealing with. Um, and just remember that early detection and diagnosis can really improve patient outcomes uh, by ensuring that you're using the right uh, tools to get the job done. If anyone has any questions on this or other podcasts from site partners and neuroscience surgeons, feel free to contact us through our website. That's this week's edition of The Focal Point. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and tune in next week for another episode and update on medical eye care. I'm your host, Dr. Brett Benz, and thank you for joining us.